Good afternoon, friends. Tis another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it's getting a little grander and a little gloriouser by the minute out there. It's been a while since we had a little sun, Em. We're going to spend the next two hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about the legislature. We've got some, uh, we're going to talk about noise and, well, kinds of, you know, the weather a little bit and how you can, you know, make your community a better place to live. Uber producer Dan Peters is out. He is out. This is a solo show, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Peters, of course, prepping for the big Skyforce game this evening against, who are they playing? Santa Cruz. There are no chicks in Santa Cruz. Um, don't blame me. That's a song. It's a song. It's a Leo Kotke song. It's not me. I don't say those things. Uh, so we're going to be uh, running this show on our own today. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, driving around Sioux Falls. If you're in town for the big Summit League tournament, we'll talk about that in a minute. I My heart is crushed so far. It's not going well. Let's just say that. Whether you're streaming live on KSO.com or on the KSO mobile app with your notifications and all the good stuff that comes with the app, remember you can always follow along on Facebook Live or through our Twitter account at P. Lally Show. When Dan's not here, I try and monitor the Twitter account best I can and throw out a few things here and there. But, you know, it's not as, it's not as lively and vigorous as it is when Mr. Peters is manning the show. We do have a, a great show for you today, but I want to, I, I, first of all, it's, this is like, you know, what, the biggest day in South Dakota sports? We've been talking about this forever. State U versus State U in the Summit League tournament. And the SDSU women just beat the USD women 65 to 50. So if Dan were here, we'd go, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, not good for us USD Coyote fans and alumni. We were supposed to win that one. Won 20 games in a row or something like that. Can't make a, somebody make a shot. Couldn't make a shot in the first half. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, I'm told from multiple sources that the, uh, the, uh, the app's not working on the live stream. So glad that you're here, you know, hanging out with us on the radio. We'll see if we can get that thing up and running. I'll, I'll get my people on it. How's that sound? But I appreciate everybody throwing out the hellos on that. Hope you're listening on the radio. If you moved moved to the terrestrial radio system, that's good. Anyway, uh, tonight is the men's game, State U, to go to the NCAA tournament. You know how much I hate to say the phrase, the big dance, the going to the dance. They punched her ticket to the dance. Don't say any of that. I hate that. I hate, hate, hate it. Anyway. Hopefully the USD men tonight can rise up, rise up and beat down the hated Jackrabbits with, you know, much, much vigor, as we like to say, vigor. I want to, I want to see my Yotes win tonight and vanquish. We can't, we cannot lose both these games. Cannot. This is not acceptable, people. Not acceptable. 
Anyway, that game's on about uh, O-Dark 30. I think it's 8 or 8.30, something like that. Maybe it's 7. I can't remember. The the USD games, I watched the first half of last night's game when we pommeled Denver, uh, and it didn't start till like 8.30, but I think tonight's game is a more reasonable hour. It's on ESPN2 if you want to watch that game. But anyway, we'll be here. We've got a great show, as I said. We've got a bunch of guests that have nothing to do with basketball. How about that? Amy Federal, she's with Lutheran Social Services Mentoring Programs. Amy's going to tell us about this uh, Better Together program, which is for seniors who are age 65 or older and living independently. They match these seniors with a volunteer, and they spend four hours a month doing good things in our community. So that's going to be cool. We'll tell you how you can get involved with that deal. The Boon Man will be with us for Weird Friends, and uh, I think I, I think we both share this question. Why were the Sioux Falls schools not in session today? That's, that's our question, and I'm sure there's a good reason for it. I know it was bad last night, and it was still kind of nasty this morning, and, but we live in the city, people. Come on now. Come on now. So uh, the Boon Man will be talking about that, I can almost guarantee you. Corey Heidelberger, he is a blogger at Dakota Free Press. We're going to talk about the legislature a little bit, as we always do. Corey will be with us at the in the 4 o'clock hour. I see he has posted several items uh, ret- pertaining to the ballot initiative uh, system that uh, there was much to do in peer about trying to change the way that works, and I think a lot of that has failed. So we'll talk about that with Corey at about 4. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, trade wars. Trade wars are bad, people. They're bad. Stay tuned for that here on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 315 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Everybody wants to live. And they want to live. And everybody wants to love. And they want to love. Everybody wants to yeah, thanks to our friends, the Bodines, for kicking off another edition of the PL Statement here on the Patrick Lally Show. I've heard that song too many times now. I kind of forgot the words there at the end. Uh, looking through the news today, and uh, you know, I there's been a lot of talk about the tariffs that President Trump announced he wants to impose on steel and aluminum imported into the United States, and uh, you know, that it's it may not seem like it's much of a South Dakota issue, but it it definitely is, and and I I think there's some broader implications here. Um, that if the president is really serious about this, if this isn't some sort of feint or uh, bluff or uh, negotiating tactic, which, you know, I'll, I'll, I take him at what he's saying, that he wants to put these tariffs in place. So they want to put, uh, you know, they want to put an extra 25% on, on steel and 10% on aluminum or the other way around. And if you import it into the United States. Now, behind all this is China, right? This isn't about NAFTA, but we're going to get to that in a minute. It's about China. The thing about it is China sells a lot of steel 
around the world, although they're using more and more of it for themselves. And it's cheaper steel than what we sell. So they can undercut our price, right? Now, the thing is, we don't buy that much Chinese steel. We get our steel from Canada and Mexico. Those are our top two places we get steel from. So it's not going to do anything direct to China. But it makes it, it complicates everything else. And, and Europeans don't like it and because they, they don't want a trade war. And that's, that's what everybody's talking about, right? A trade war that everybody will raise tariffs on our stuff because we raise tariffs on theirs. And why wouldn't they? That's the way the world used to always work before, uh, you know, broad-based trade agreements and the world, uh, uh, the WTF and all these things. But this has this affects us in South Dakota. Much of the conversation you hear on the national level centers on uh, on the tariffs, which Trump says will defend American workers and how it could, you know, prompt this trade war. It's also led to a wave of stories on how it could affect the American consumer, which the coverage is intended to show how these tariffs can affect your daily life. Right. Uh, and the stories often go right to the heart of the American public an increase in beer prices because the cans will cost more, right? It's aluminum. So the can price of a can is going to go up if we have tariffs. So your beer is going to go up. Okay. That's fine. Uh, it's tried and true tactic of journalism, you know, find how it a- applies to the individual. But in South Dakota, we have bigger concerns when it comes to tariff. The proposals are widely criticized by Republicans. You heard uh, Paul Ryan uh, today talking about it after issuing a statement, I think yesterday, and economists because they often believe, taken in total, that tariffs don't work. They don't achieve what you want to achieve. And they're counter to about 40 years of trade policy in the United States, which has trended towards globalization. It's not a bad word. And away from barriers, trade barriers, trade barriers. And on the whole, it's been good for South Dakota. And it's good. It's been good for the country. Yes, we've lost jobs in some quarters, most notably where Trump won the election. But it's always been a false promise that you can reinvigorate the American steel or coal industries. We must relentlessly move forward to stay competitive, not look back. The post-World War II boom in this country holds no path for us to future success. There's no blueprint there other than to remember the urban growth and planning that was a part of that period that has left us dependent on cars and oil. It's a visionless and wasteful legacy that straps us to this dogma that's doomed for failure. Back in South Dakota, our economy has benefited from globalization, particularly North American Free Trade Agreement, NAFTA, which has opened the door to billions of dollars in grain and livestock sales to Mexico and Canada. The president has called NAFTA the single worst trade deal in American history. Flatly put, he's wrong. He's wrong. And he's pandering to that Rust Belt base that put him in the White House. This week, Trump tied the tariffs to the ongoing renegotiation of NAFTA. These two things are tied together, right? Mixing those two issues together just makes a bad idea, a disastrous idea for South Dakota. Everybody in any sort of position of power in our state knows this, yet they just don't come out and say it. And I have no idea why. 
there seems to be this confidence, this unspoken uh, belief in agriculture and political circles in this state that President Trump has our interests at heart in these negotiations. I had the uh, Farm Bureau, head of the South Dakota Farm Bureau, in the studio a couple of weeks ago, and he's, he maintains that the administration is telling them that it's going to be okay. I'm not seeing it, and I'm not hearing it. What I'm hearing is the administration's willingness to use the economic well-being of the Plains states as a leverage to pursue some fantastical journey to bring back manufacturing and mining jobs in Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. If that were true, if that were possible, that would be a conversation. But it's, it's farcical, and it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. You can't make Ohio more competitive by jacking up the price of Chinese steel. And you can't just put tariffs on one country. Those are the rules that we all live by. The problem here is if you raise it on Chinese steel, you also raise it on Canadian steel and Mexican steel. And those are the people we actually do business with. And those are the people that buy all our corn and our soybeans and our pork and our beef. Those are the people, the Canadians and the Mexicans, who drive the economy of South Dakota. And I'm not hearing that from the president. And I'm not hearing that from our delegation. I, I did some, you know, I've, I've heard them talk about trade in broad sense, but never anything that's critical at all. There's a, I, I found a, a statement from John Thune for February 7th where he met with the president on trade and he said, I share the president's interest in promoting fair and reciprocal trade I was able to express to him today how important the North American Free Trade Agreement is to agriculture, South Dakota's top industry, and I urged him to keep the unique needs of this industry at the forefront of the administration's trade negotiation effort. I appreciate the president taking the time to meet today, and I look forward to continue to working with him and his administration to ensure America's hardworking farmers and ranchers remain a priority in any trade negotiations. Which is the right thing to say. But what's not in this statement is that the president agreed with him on any measure. On January 30th, U.S. Senator Mike Rounds, along with 35 other senators, sent a letter to the president about NAFTA. You know, saying how he can improve the agreement. NAFTA supports 14 million jobs, representing thousands of, of jobs in each of the 50 states. Despite all of its benefits, however, we can do better and there are opportunities to improve the agreement. Modernizing NAFTA to increase market access, expand energy exports and maximize domestic energy production and including provisions on intellectual property and e-commerce will make this agreement even more beneficial to the United States. That's the letter that Round signed on to. You know, that's exactly what we need right now, a strongly worded letter. But even that, this is not a, this letter doesn't take the president to task at all for 
calling NAFTA the worst deal ever done, even though it has greatly benefited South Dakota and other states like us. You can be mad about steel prices. You can do your best to reinvigorate the workforce in the Rust Belt. But you should not do it at the cost, at the detriment of South Dakota's farmers and our communities and North Dakota and Nebraska and Iowa and Minnesota, Kansas. These states, these are states that primarily are dominated by Republican delegate senators. So, you know, how about we follow up that strongly worded letter with some actual action? Let's hope that cooler heads prevail when it comes to trade wars and barriers. But make no mistake, the fallout from the steel and aluminum tariffs in South Dakota is more than the cost of beer. That's the PL statement for today. You can agree or disagree with me. Patrick at KSOO is my email. You can also shoot us a tweet on the Twitter at P. Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather, we're going to chat with the Boon Man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 333 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And that's, of course, Irish Descendants with Come Out, You Black and Tans. And I play that for our guest, the Boon Man, because, Boon Man, my, my brother, you know my brother, the, the, the fellow tuba player. Yeah. He says, he says, he's playing uh, with uh, a friend of ours who we went to school with, Mr. Dan Schaefer. Yep. Uh, my brother and Dan are playing at Woodgreen on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. What are they playing? Well, my brother's playing accordion. I don't know what Dan's playing. They have this little little thing that they've worked up. I don't know. I haven't seen them yet. But uh, he says that he believes that we could play black and tans. The brass holes and those two, and we could play Come Out, You Black and Tan. Do those two have a, is there, is there a name to their institution? I don't know. It might They might have a name, but I... That's why I played that for you today. Well, actually, I've been playing it for everybody. But now, Ken, <laughs> could you know we uh, you know because we had kicked around the idea of the Brassels making a triumphant return on St. Patrick's Day, but uh, have done nothing to make that happen. Uh, is there room on the stage for us to come on and and, and play a couple tunes? I think so. I, it's okay. not even a stage; it's just sort of a gathering in you know true Irish fashion. You sort of gather around. And, and this is where Woodgrain downtown okay. Ninth and right. Phillips. Sure. All right, we're in. I'll tell him All we're right, in. Deal. I'll, I'll send. Uh, <laughs> I'll send Roger a note. <laughs> tell him. Tell him to work up. Come on, on, black and tans. It's a lot like the polkas he used to play up in North Dakota. 
Well, yeah, we can, we'll have to play something else because we, uh, we need music. We can't just play stuff. <laughs> I will. That's true. Okay. Well, we can play stuff, but it may not be the stuff that you're yeah. expecting. Hey, the other thing is uh, I have to do this. I'm playing in this uh, South Dakota Business Leaders Have Talent thing on Thursday night. What are you doing Thursday night? I'm sorry. I'm going through a tunnel. I didn't quite get that <laughs> last part. I have a table. I have a this table. Thursday? This Thursday, you can come and see me embarrass myself for free. Okay. I'm making other people pay, but for you? I can't remember. Yeah, check I your calendar. Know. I'm going to be out of town. Yeah, see? Yep. Dang, dang it. For dog, dang. My table's still open. For $100, I will sell two seats at my table for South Dakota Business Leaders Have Talent. You can also go donate directly. I'll retweet that. South Dakota business leaders have talent. And the song you just played, is that on an album of some sort? You got a, you got a CD of that or what do you uh, got? I think I pulled that one right off the uh, YouTube. I have that, but I have that song by the Wolf Tones. Okay. So we, do you, do you need it? You want me to send you a file or something? Oh, it just, it sounds angry. And it's, have, have, it have you seen the movie, the other guys? No. Okay. You got to watch that movie. The other guys, Will Ferrell and that one guy, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah. Cops. Yes. I know of the movie, but I didn't see it. Is it good? You need to watch it. Will Ferrell sings Irish songs in bars. <laughs> and it is funny. So you got to watch that. I will. No, it's a rebel song. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's an IRA song. I, I'm, I'm unapologetic about that. Uh, hey, uh, what's the deal, man? So I, the sun's shining. It looks like a beautiful day out there, but apparently there's no school. I don't know. It's not beautiful, but, it, you know, Snowmageddon yesterday was, I mean, it was nasty yesterday. It was awful yesterday afternoon and into the early evening. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then 8 o'clock rolls around, and it's, you know, it's pretty clear. I can see, I can see downtown from the ranch. Yeah, it's glow. You can see Seven, the glow. Seven, eight miles away, but I can see it. Mm-hmm. And I can see downtown. And then the word went out, no school tomorrow, it's two falls. What in the, well, it must be getting, it must be coming back. This is the eye of the storm. Mm-hmm. Snowmageddon is going to hit about 10, 11 o'clock, and it's going to blow, and it's going to be horrible all night long, and we're going to wake up buried in snow, but then we didn't. <laughs> and there was nothing. It looked nicer in the morning, and, uh, and there's no school. I don't know what the deal was. I mean, it was windy. The interstates were closed, you know. But and I get why the schools uh, out outside of Sioux Falls mm-hmm. were closed because uh, you know the highway out to the ranch that was a little rough, old seventy seven highway South Dakota one fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know that's got some a lot of drifting and snow packed and dangerous. And then you know the further out you get, sure I get that. And buses and kids, you know I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know even schools like Brandon and T and Del Rapids and. You know, that aren't way out in the middle of nowhere, but still they got you know kids coming from rural areas, and I get that. But Sioux Falls, what are they? Why are they? Why wasn't their school? And then, as if to add insult to injury, Great Bear is closed. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Too much snow for yep. the snow skiing and tubing. You know, this probably is bad form. I mean, it, the the as we like to say in the business now. The optics wouldn't be particularly good if they <laughs> if they closed all the schools and Great Bear was packed because everybody well, went to, to skiing. But, but you know, it, I, 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 it, it really is a 
logical conclusion that you know they probably should not they probably shouldn't have called off school probably not now you know they did it in the uh, uh you know with the abundance of caution airing uh, on the side of caution and i you know here for the because it's the children <laughs> you know, it's the children that <laughs> we're worried right. about so i get that but yeah you know what hey we were wrong so yeah, why don't you go sledding? It's not like they can say, oh, hey, we were wrong, get into school. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's right. They should at least, you know, maybe open it up at now, yeah. now-ish. And, and maybe it is. I don't know. They haven't called me about it. But, I mean, they, they, it would have been a good place to go and, and uh, do something today because there's no reason that they should be. It's not like anybody's stuck in their house. No. In town. No, it's it's not that bad out. The wind went down. I'm looking forward to getting out of here and like getting some sun. I can see. Well, the sun's not really out anymore. That's my weather report. That my <laughs> fancy weather report. I'm looking at the reflection in the windows. So I'm facing well, the other way. But you know, quite often, you know, you think when you hear the when you hear the forecast and the weather on the radio, you think, "Is this guy got a window in the studio?" I mean, I don't know if it was wrong. I mean, it's yeah, that's right. Wrong. So. Look outside, man. <laughs> Head out the window. It is um, not raining. Uh, one thing I did notice on the on the KSOO Information One Thousand website. Yeah, what was that? Uh, the story about uh, the Sioux River uh, being asked to cease and desist uh, <laughs> because of some neighbors downtown not liking having the river next door. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I know no, that uh, word is that that uh, that story got a lot of traffic. Well, it's clearly labeled as satire, yep. which, you know, it's, it's good, because I'm sure there were some people that believed it, because, um, uh, as we know, people are morons. <laughs> I mean, not other people, not the ones listening to your show. No, so no, 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 no. Feel free to talk about them, but I'm going to tell you, Wayne Pritchard is rolling over in his grave <laughs> to have the the hallowed halls of KSOO uh, having a fake uh, story. Yeah. Uh, putting that out there and, and making fun of it. Uh, yeah. Nobody has invoked uh, the spirit of Wayne Pritchard for many, many well, years. People across the Sioux Empire are saying, who? Who? <laughs> yeah. But the three people that get that one, yeah. they are laughing <laughs> real hard right now. Uh, anyway, yeah, so the uh, it was by Ben Kuhn, who uh, works here at Results yeah. Radio. Uh, Big Sioux River asked to halt operations after complaints. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. I mean, that's uh, that's onion esque. Yeah, and at good. the at the bottom it says BTW. This is satire. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. 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 It's pretty funny. That's Although a disclaimer on there. Right. Although I am talking about that issue in the next segment. Yeah, it's dumb. It's just crazy. I know. I know it is. I but I've talked to some developers and they're like, "Look, that's the law." So we're going to change the law. Change the law. You should change that, and you know what you should get. You should get some of those uh, people that live in the uh, the condos or apartments or whatever out and hear their side of the story. Um, yeah, I, I I worked on that a little bit. They weren't up for any mocking or disparaging <laughs> comments. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are it, people can be private. You know what I mean, and that's okay. Yep. That's okay. Sure. It's pretty. You know, it's pretty good. I'm just yeah. You know, Although, you know, you did move in next to a live music venue. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've mentioned that before. You move in, there's train tracks in your backyard just because there's no trains on it for when a long there? time. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to come there. They don't go anywhere else. They go into the tracks. That's where they go. 
trying to remember there's something else I was going to ask you about. Now it's getting away from me. Uh-huh. Are you uh, are you going to be uh, uh, available for some of these Sundays? Sunday Sundays for the boys? This is something, pe- this is so inside, nobody cares about except for you and I and a couple other yes. people. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right. Right on. Well, uh, did you bring a, uh, a punchline for me today? I did bring a punchline, and I can't remember if I sent you the joke from last week's punchline. You and did. I'm sure you were overwhelmed with requests of, hey, what was the joke to that hilarious punchline? But here's another one. It's a classic. People are going to know it. Yep. Um, great. Why don't you go wash your hands and make me a cheese sandwich? <laughs> See, I don't know the joke. I don't know the joke, but the punchline's funny. When you, when you read the joke, it's even funnier. Can I post it? Uh, maybe. I'll send it to you. America. <laughs> uh, Boone Man, weird friends. Uh, Boone Man, thanks a lot, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Right on, brother. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, I'm going to talk a little bit about the whole sound ordinance thing that the Boone Man and I were just chatting about. And then Corey Heidelberger will be in, and uh, we'll talk about politics and legislature and all kinds of good stuff. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 348 on the Maybe Patrick Lally Show. Clouds will blow away Maybe I won't feel so afraid I will try to understand Oh, one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands. That's, of course, Wilco. Either way. And I'll let that play a little bit in the background. I just I love that song. I love that album, Sky Blue Sky. I'm trying to work a little bit more. Wilco into the show for you people. I know there's a lot of fans out there. At any rate, uh, hey, tonight there's a, a big gathering, a big gathering. I don't know how big it's going to be. I'm, I'm very interested to see how many people show up at city council tonight. So there's the informational. So the city council, every not every week, but they have informationals a couple, three times a month that are at four o'clock before the regular meeting at six thirty-seven, whatever it is. And I think I told you last week, we talked about the fact that uh, the city had issued this press release on Friday saying that at the informational day, they're going to explain the noise ordinances, which, you know, Hey, thanks guys. It's not that complicated, right? They're noise ordinances. Well, they're which is, but it's good, you know. Get everything out on the table. You know what's going on here, and, and and what's the problem? Because we've got this flap over the Icon Lounge having live music, and people in Jones Four Twenty One, at least one tenant complaining, and there was a ticket written, and and we had Stacy Wyland, Stacy Newcomb Wyland on the show, who's one of the partners down there at Icon, and we talked about that, and I, you know, I've I've made a few uh, inquiries uh, about. You know, what's going on and what's happening. 
Well, as it turns out, and many of you may know this, the down to the residential noise limit. So if you're in a residential area, the noise limit at night is 55 decibels, okay? Well, that's really low, particularly if you're downtown. So it's the same regulation across the city. And so when Jones 421 was built, uh, it put people, the condo units, in proximity to Icon. Now, there are already people living in the Gorley building, which Icon is part of, uh, but apparently there were never any complaints. Okay. They're clearly exceeding the 55 decibels because it's really low, all right? And if you know, I mean, it, I have a rudimentary knowledge of the decibel measuring system, all right? But I know that it's, it's not linear. So if you go to 55 to 65, it's not like uh, 10 points on a 100 scale, it's double. So it doubles every 10. All right? See what I'm saying? It's just the way it's made. It's geometric and not linear. That's always important to remember in this conversation. Because uh, here's some, so I just went and got, no great shakes on my part, I just went and got the list of decibels and sort of how they equate. All right? So, you know, we come in here, uh, 40, a library, bird calls, 44 decibels, the lowest limit of urban ambient sound. Okay, that's interesting. So that's 40. 50, quiet suburb, conversation at home, large electrical transformers from 100 feet. Yeah, okay, that's, you know. So 55 would be just a little bit above that, but 60. So let's go up to 60. Conversation in a restaurant, office, background music, air conditioning unit at 100 feet. It's an air conditioner, the big ones, at 100 feet. That's 60. So that's above where the residential limit is downtown right now. Okay? That seems really low. Conversation in a restaurant. All right? 70. 70. Passenger car at 65 miles an hour at 25 feet is 77 decibels. A freeway 50 feet from pavement edge at 10 a.m., 76 decibels. Living room music, 76 decibels. Radio or TV audio, vacuum cleaner, 70 decibels. Well, I think what's going to happen tonight is there's going to be a bunch of people down there who are supporters of live music in downtown, and they're going to say it's time to raise it to 65 at night. That's what it is in a lot of places. Seems like a good compromise to me. There's not anybody to blame here. That's not what's going on. Let's not start pointing fingers and saying this person's wrong and that person's wrong because it's the law. It's been the law for a long time. We just need to change the law. Downtown development is good for Sioux Falls. It's vital. Part of that mix is entertainment. Change the law. But we'll see what happens tonight. We'll get an idea of what some of the counselors might be thinking uh, and see where it goes. There's just a lot of people going to show up and voice their opinion at city council. Let's hope they get heard. Change the law. Coming up after the news and weather, we're going to talk with Corey Heidelberger from Dakota Free Press blog, and that is always informative about what's going on in the legislature. And then Amy Federal of Lutheran Social Services will be with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement. 
358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, uh, if you're into music, this Friday, the Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Society presents Joanne Shaw Taylor. That's 8 p.m. at the Sioux Falls Orpheum Theater in downtown Sioux Falls. Joanne has established herself as the UK's number one star of the blues rock world, sfjb.org for more info. Coming up after the news and weather, more of the Patrick Lally Show here on Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh five on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are joined on the phone now from the beautiful city of Aberdeen, the hub city up there in the northeast corner of the state of South Dakota, Corey Heidelberger, blogger at Dakota Free Press. Corey, thanks for uh, giving us a few moments today. Patrick, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So we're getting down to the end of the legislature, right? Is this madness nearly over? Uh, Well, just about. It'll come again next year. But yes, this is the last week. Today, actually, they're having the final debates on bills in the House and Senate. They've got to, it's either do or die to pass bills. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are conference committees to reconcile differences on bills that the House and Senate have and get the budget passed. And then Friday, they're done. And then they get out. Hey, uh, uh, you know, how do you do this from Aberdeen? Because you really are, uh, you track so many bills and what's going on. Uh, and obviously, you have your point of view. You're, a, you're an avowed lefty, but you track a lot of legislation. Um, did you end up listening to a lot of debates uh, on the like public broadcasting stream, or how do you keep up? You know, I, I don't listen to as many debates as I'd like, because you know, a lot of times I'm off teaching or doing work, or I'm off judging, like last week I was judging state debate tournament Friday and Saturday. Mm. Um, you know, but that's, that is a big part of it. South Dakota Public Broadcasting does an excellent job of streaming the committee hearings, you know, which are usually in the mornings, and then the full floor debates, House and Senate. That's all online, and you can go, it's actually at sd.net. Mm-hmm. And they have, it's a great index. They list everything that's happening today and the stuff they have streaming live. And then they do a pretty good job of listing upcoming events, too. So you can look at that and keep track. Um, the other big thing I look at is the legislature's own website, sdlegislature.gov. And they've done a really good job this year of, on their front page, putting the schedules, uh, the, co- the committee agendas and the floor agenda for each day. So you can look there and go, oh, what are they debating today? Click, 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 look at each committee and get a list of the bills and try to track them down. But it still takes a lot of time. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the fact that you and, uh, you know, a few other people and, and really track the stuff that's of interest to you. And it's always fun to sort of bounce around and, and read the stuff. But, hey, you know what I noticed today on, mm-hmm. uh, in the last, well, this is probably what, today and yesterday, the it seems like all these efforts to change the Initiative, initiative and referendum system are sort of biting the dust. Is that, am I getting that right? I, I wouldn't say all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of bad ones have passed, and they they're, are in the shoot, but some of the, some of the bad ones haven't. So it's, it's been kind of a mixed bag on that. So what, do you, what changes do you foresee in the INR? What's still uh, going to happen as we come out of the backside of this? Well, I can tell you that the good stuff that happened yesterday, and this is, I, I apologize, this is kind of election nerdy stuff. This yep. is the stuff that kind of behind the scenes, 
the only people who really know about it and know why it's important are people who've done ballot measures. Mm-hmm. But there was one bill yesterday that passed that actually the Chamber of Commerce and I agreed, and that's crazy when the Chamber of Commerce and I agreed, <laughs> but we agreed it was a good idea. Basically, this bill that passed yesterday would allow a ballot question committee to set up and then stay in existence over multiple election cycles. Mm. Uh, the chamber wanted this, for instance, because, you know, they, they lobby on a number of ballot measures. And instead of having to file a different piece of paper for every ballot question every year they deal with, they just want to have one committee that says, hey, this is our ballot questions committee. When stuff comes up, if it affects business, we're going to use this committee to raise money and raise awareness and that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's fine. Yeah. And so does that have to be does that have to be approved by uh, the the in an election by the people or is that just a legislative switch that's OK? No, that's just a legislative switch in the background. They'll pass that law and it'll happen. And I think that's great because like last time when we had the two payday measures on the ballot. Yeah. I know some of the some of the sisters, the presentation sisters, they wanted to, you know, campaign for the, the true 36 percent cap and campaign against the fake cap that Chuck Brennan and those guys, or the payday lenders, wanted. Mm -hmm. They had to actually file two separate pieces of paper, one committee to campaign for and one committee to campaign against, even though it was the same people. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So this will eliminate that need. Yes, this bill will eliminate that need. And it's a little thing, but it's a useful thing, Mm -hmm. I think. Common sense solutions. That's what we like, Corey. It's nice to have them every now and then. You betcha. So, uh, what you have, you had a chart uh, at one point of all the uh, things that we could be voting on. You know, not mm-hmm. just INR changes, but all of the stuff. Where do we stand right now? How many ballot questions do you think there'll be come November? Yeah, in terms of everything will be on the ballot. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that changed drastically. I originally was thinking we could be at thirteen. And then the legislature, in terms of the, all the stuff they proposed for the ballot, they killed almost everything. Yeah. So, so now we're down to just three measures coming from the legislature. And, and uh, one of them, two of them are still pending. I need to double check their status. But we'll have Jim Boland's measure to try raising the passage threshold for constitutional amendments from 50% plus one to 55%. And that came so out of the study committee. change the constitution. That one came out of the committee, right? The study committee, the summer yeah. task force. Yeah. Yep. Jim Bowen has pushed that and the committee let that go forward. Um, and that will be worth debating. Uh, Mark Mickelson still has his Marcy's law fixed now, which remember, this was going to be repeal Marcy's law. And then when the rich out of state Marcy's law, people came to Mark Mickelson and said, we're going to campaign, campaign our brains out against you. Mark caved and surrendered, and they wrote a nice little amendment to just say, oh, let's just fix it and keep it. So now everybody's happy. So that'll probably be, well, it'll be on our ballot. It might be on our June ballot because Mickelson still wants special treatment now for his new friends from out of state to keep Marcy's law, you know, all happy in our Constitution. So how would it actually, uh, the June thing I think is ridiculous because if you vote on it, if the broader public votes on it, they should vote on the changes. And yeah. not everybody will vote in a June primary. Even if you have the opportunity as an independent to go mm-hmm. into the booth and vote on this one thing, you're not going to do that. Yeah, and that's that's what opponents have said. And I think Reynolds Nesba from Sioux Falls has said, and, and Billy Heinert's been strong on this and others. Yeah, I mean, we all have the opportunity. That's the thing. They will print separate ballots. It will cost up to $200,000 to do so. They've got to pass a whole other appropriations bill to make that happen. 
but they will print separate ballots. And if, you know, if you're a Democrat or you're an independent and, you know, you've got nobody to vote for in the primary, you can still go down to the courthouse on June 5th or in the early voting, say, hey, I'd like to vote in the initiative or the, the amendments, and they'll hand you that separate ballot. But you're right. Most people, well, a lot of people aren't going to make a special trip just to vote on one ballot question, you know, without a really big publicity push to get people out there to do it. Yeah, so it kind of that that part of it bugs me, um, and I and I don't. Why would you do that? I mean, what's the point? You know, I'm I'm not sure what the game is there. Um, Mark Mickelson had talked about this back in the fall that he might try to put you know that Marcy's Law repeal and maybe a couple of other measures that he favored on the June ballot. The only, I mean, this is the only one they're going to do it to now, maybe. But the only reason to do that is because you don't want. A larger electorate. The only reason to do well, two reasons. You could say one, you don't want a larger electorate. Two, you could justify it practically and say, well, the sooner we make this change, the sooner we can. You know, and they're saying it'll save the county's money because of all the changes they're making. They haven't said how much it's going to save, but that's the practical, nonpartisan argument they're making. That the sooner we fix this, the sooner the counties can save money on it. But we don't know how much money the counties are going to save. No one's counted that up yet, or, or like you know kind of mapped out the fiscal impact of the changes they're making. Uh, it's wild. Uh, Corey Heidelberger, we're going to come right back after a brief uh, break here for some commercials and some markets and such, and we'll come right back and we'll talk about where things are going for the end of the session. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four eighteen. The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, Trampled by Turtles. Well, I ain't your baby, I ain't your baby now. Them holy rollers, I kicked right out of town. And that leads us right into Corey Heidelberger of Dakota Free Press, who's with us on the phone, talking about the legislature. Uh, Corey, uh, we didn't get to the end of that conversation on on the ballot initiatives that are going to be uh, decided in November. We got caught up in Marcy's Law. So how many of them are left? Right now, if, if we combine what the legislature's passing and what citizens put forward with petitions, I think we're in the shoot to have eight. Ah, that's still a lot, isn't it? Yeah, well, there will be four. By my count, not all of these have been passed or certified yet. Um, right now, there are four for sure. There are two amendments and two initiated measures, and then there are four, there are four more, or I can't remember how many petitions, I think four mm-hmm. more petitions, two of which aren't going to make it, I'm sure. So I think two more petitions, and then two more measures are going to come out of the legislature, so we'll have amendments W, X, Y, and V, mm-hmm. and we'll have initiated measures 24, 25, 26, 27. Unfortunately... One that we won't have will be the open primaries measure that your neighbor D. Knutson and Joe Kirby down there in Sioux Falls tried to put on the ballot. Yeah, I was um, surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, they, they had it together. They were circulating you know, all over the state. Um, they had good funding. They had $200,000 to get it done. And Secretary Krebs took her random sample. And said, you know, the thing is, they submitted over 30,000 signatures. Yeah. State law and state rules says the secretary only has to look at about 720 of those signatures do her statistics, she did that and found that they, D, and, D and Joe's circulators had about a 31% error rate. And so they fell short by calculation, uh, about 2,000 signatures too few to make the ballot with their open primary proposal. Could they, they can still challenge that, right? There's a process by which you can say, 
we think that was that was a flawed uh, sample, and we want to have a full count. I mean, there is a process there. I don't. Well, I'm not familiar with it. Can, but interestingly, last year's legislature changed that. It used to be that if 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 you didn't get it in, you could call the secretary and say, hey, we want a recount. And you could challenge that at the secretary of state's level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medical marijuana people did that two years ago. Now you can't do that. If, a, if the secretary approves a petition, I can get cranky and call in and say, no, 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 I think it's bogus and here's why. But if you submit a petition and the secretary tosses it, you don't talk to her. You have to take it straight to circuit court. Um, Dee and Joe can do that. But they got a lawyer up, they got account signatures, and they got to go to court to say, no, look, really, we've got 28,000 signatures. Fortunately, Dee knows a lawyer. She lives with a lawyer. <laughs> His name's <laughs> well, Dave. Well, he's a leg up on a lot of us, you know, yeah. and if, that's the thing. If they think they've got the numbers, they could do that, but they got to go to court with it, you know, and get that done before ballots are printed in August. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'm just surprised that they had that high of a failure rate, but I suppose that that's at some measure, if you're using paid circulators, and I don't know their process, you do open yourself up to maybe a higher error rate than if you have people that were trained by you. I don't well, know. Well, and interestingly, yeah. that 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 may be the case because with the four petitions that that Chantel Krebs has reviewed so far, Mark Mickelson's petitions mm-hmm. that both qualified had error rates of less than twenty percent. I saw that on your blog. I was I was kind of amazed by that. Yeah, but, and I don't. I don't think I don't think Mickelson hired out of state people. I mean, he hired people. I know the people he paid, mm-hmm. but I think he kind of kept it in house, um, or just you know, I don't know, did better quality control, whatever. But whatever Mickelson did, he has the best error rate so far this year. Represents South Dakota with the reboot of Initiated Measure Twenty Two. Their error rate was more like twenty eight percent, and then Joe and D. Well, dang, their error rate was over 30%. Wow. So that's, you know, for, for petition circulators, I'd look hard at who did that circulating and think about next time whether you want to hire those same people back. We're talking with Corey Heidelberger. He's a blogger at Dakota Free Press, and we're talking about the legislature and politics. The So W, Amendment W is the new version of IM-22, the ethics and good government stuff, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's Which one's X? Uh, Amendment X is Jim Boland's 55% rule. All right. Then why? Uh, We don't have why yet, and this depends on what order they'll come in. But the way I'm reading it, um, Y and Z will be, um, which are they? One of them would be the Marcy's Law thing. Got it. Depending on where they put that. And then the other would be a little amendment they have from the House that would impose the single subject restriction on constitutional amendments. Ah, yes. Okay. So that, that has come out of the legislature or it, that, it will, I, it will. I, yes, I'm pretty sure it's going to shoot out of there. It hasn't hit much opposition. It's up for debate today. And I think it's hap- It may be happening right now or it happened just before we got on the phone. Okay. Now I am, was, was it 22, 23? No. Where does it start? Like 24, something like that. Right. Yeah, um, the next one is initiated measure 24, mm-hmm. and that's Mark Mickelson's uh, ban on out-of-state money for ballot question committees. Unconstitutional, all right. Unconstitutional, right, and unfair, because <laughs> he's not saying candidates can't take out-of-state money, right. only the ballot question. So yeah. we know who's buttering whose bread there. Yeah, so then 25, I'm, I'm sorry, so which one are we on? 26? Yep, that 24 is Mickelson's yep. money ban. Got it. 25. 25 will be Mickelson's tobacco tax for, voca- uh, for the vote tax. Got it. That's a misappropriation of that money, but that's fine. 
Yeah. The the voters will decide that. 26? Well, 26 and 27, Seven we don't be. have those yet, but I'm betting that those will be the two measures that Rick, Rick, Rick Weiland and Dre Samuelson still have alive, the uh, vote-at-home measure and the prescription drug caps, uh, prescription drug price caps. Right. We haven't those heard much about those. Yeah. Yeah, well, and there hasn't been much press on them yet, but Chantel is still reviewing them, and I think they have enough signatures to make it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, the prescription drug caps in particular would be a big debate. Oh, yes, and already uh, the pharmaceutical lobby has already formed a ballot question committee to oppose it. Oh, okay. Well, you know that's going to be a lot of money. Yeah, and and they've done that in other states. There was a measure very much like this one in Ohio last fall, and the pharmaceutical industry spent a ton of money to kill it, and it got beat like 80% to 20%. Ah, interesting. That may be a precursor for us, but we'll see. We'll see how that one pans out. Uh, And so we're almost done with legislature. They're done on Friday. Really, the only thing they have to to really hammer out now is the budget. And Mm -hmm. most of that's done, right? Well, we hope so. (laughs) I I will say this. This is why we have a separate joint appropriations committee. And folks like, you know, your guy in, well, one of your guys in Sioux Falls, Randall Nesaba, he's he's a Democrat friend in the city. He's on that committee and is an economics professor, thank goodness. Mm He's on that committee and on no others. And that's the thing. If you're on joint appropriations, you don't sit on any other committee because that committee meets every day in the morning while the rest of us are off having fun debating guns and abortion and chislet. They're in the most boring room in the Capitol pouring over the budget and doing stuff. They've been doing that for the last 30-plus days of the session. So, you know, to some extent, that committee does have a lot of the work done. They just haven't bashed it all together into the final form with the final numbers. And we'll we'll probably talk about this a little more next week. But what they're going to end up doing is decide they got a little extra money because revenue was a little higher than they thought. Mm-hmm. So they've got you know somewhere like eighteen million more. They're just going to figure out if they're going to give that all to state employees or if they're going to give some to teachers or what. But that could get kind of ugly at the end, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, if if, if eighteen million is the figure, mm-hmm. um, just roughly speaking, if we've got ten thousand teachers and we've got ten thousand state employees, and that's just a ballpark figure, but some, mm-hmm. I think it's more than that. You got twenty thousand people to divide eighteen million dollars up. Let's see, eighteen million, eighteen thousand divide that by two. Well, there's nine thousand extra for each person, but that assumes you don't increase anything else in the budget. Yeah, and so I imagine there'll be people trying to pick off cash here and there. We'll see how. Oh, yeah. Well, including the legislators who now they're not oh, going to put right. their pay raise on the ballot. They just passed a bill saying, "Yeah, let's raise our pay next year." Now that's only. Oh, I did the number. It's in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, it's not only a lot. hundreds of thousands, but that wasn't in the budget, so they're going to have to find money to fund that too if they want to pass that. Well, they may deserve that. They may deserve that a little well, more money for being a state legislator. It's only sixty six thousand plus the per diem, right? Yeah, and you know, and I will say this: the fact that the legislature, that legislators were all able to work together and come up with a bill to raise their salaries, just goes to show that collective bargaining works. <laughs> That's a good spot to end there. Thank you, Corey Heidelberger from Dakota Free Press. I appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll get to talk to you next week, Corey. Hey, I hope so. Everybody, have a great day. Shovel carefully. <laughs> Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're talked with Amy uh, Federal with Lutheran Social Services about a program they're running for mentoring with uh, seniors. So that should be interesting. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O.
435 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Uh, and it just soothes my soul a little bit to hear some replacements in the middle of the day, so that's what I did. But we are now moving on from that to our guests for the next few minutes, Amy Fetrell. Fetrell with the Better Together, she's the Better Together coordinator, and Michelle Madsen, who's the director of mentoring for Lutheran Social Services, and we're going to talk about this program, which is pretty cool. Uh, Michelle and Amy, thank you so much for coming in the studio today. Thank you for having us. How was it out there? Was it? St- I haven't been. I just, all I can do is look out the window. Actually, all I see is the reflection of the windows <laughs> in another window. This is great radio. That I'm explaining the studio. <laughs> yeah. How is it out there? Is it lovely? It's lovely. Yes. It's great. South Dakota Day. Oh, yes. awesome. So, well, I'm glad you guys could uh, take a few minutes to come over and tell us about this program. So, Amy, you coordinate the Better Together uh, program, which I think is uh, interesting. Tell us exactly what this program is. Better Together is a program for seniors who are 65 or older and live independently. We match them with a volunteer, and they spend about four hours a month together just visiting or going out and doing things in the community. That's awesome. And so this is all part of LSS uh, in the mentoring program. Uh, Michelle, uh, tell us, you know, what is the mentoring program? I mean, uh, you know, matching mentors, but... Uh, how big is it and what do you guys do? Sure. Um, the mentoring program has three programs that fall under it. One is our most common Everyday Heroes program. And that's where mentors go into the school and work with the student for about 45 minutes a week. And we have over 1,100 volunteers in that program. That's um, a very big and very popular program, as you yes, say. Yes, yes. Um, we're very proud of it. Um, it started in 2001 with the Sioux Empire United Way, um, and our relationship has grown with the United Way to include a, a more intensive mentoring program for high school students called You Succeed, and we have 120 matches in that program. And then in 2015, we partnered with the United Way again to do um, mentoring re- reversed, I guess. Um, so volunteers mentoring seniors, um, and it's been a great experience for us. Yeah. Uh, so are those are the three major mentoring, or four. <laughs> I'm good radio again. I'm holding up four fingers and saying three. Everybody's very confused. Uh, so those are the three main yeah. sort of mentoring programs that you do. Right. Um, I, you know the the we're here to talk about the the better. Uh, 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 the other program, Better Together, but just a moment on the uh, elementary school. I've known people who have done this and have mentored their uh, mentee for for multiple years and have seen them move through the system and, you know, graduate high school. And it's it's really been a a very successful program and kind of some amazing stories. Yeah, we're... um uh, always seeing success in the kids that we work with and um, volunteers just really enjoy giving back to the community by mentoring a student one-on-one and that opportunity to build a relationship and pour into a student who might not have um, some, you know, not everything going well in their mm-hmm. life all the time. Um, so it's just um, very rewarding for our agency to be able to bring that program to the community. And um, while we've experienced success, we always have a wait list of all um, kids mm-hmm. who need mentors. So if anyone's interested and has a, a lunch hour free, 
and likes kids, this is a great program for them. Uh, LSS.org, isn't that what it is? LSSSD.org. Ah, LSSSD.org, got yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's that's really, uh, you don't get that kind of uh, feedback. You often don't see your work, the results of your work in the nonprofit sector that directly right. as you do with the mentor program. Right, right. Uh, it's, it's really uh, amazing to watch. Um, we're going to come right back and we're going to talk more with Amy Fetrell and Michelle Madsen, uh, who are with LSS, Lutheran Social Services, about mentoring programs and the Better, Better Together program, which is a new effort that's underway. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 444 on the Patrick Riley Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Ah, the sweet sounds of the Pogues. Can't miss that. And we return to our conversation with Amy Fetrell and Michelle Madsen. They are with Lutheran Social Services. And Amy, now you are the coordinator for the Better Together program, and we touched on that just briefly where you pair uh, seniors with a volunteer. And so they, they go out in their community and they do what? Some of them will go out to lunch. They'll go to different parks. Some of them just like to stay at their apartments or their homes and visit. Um, we do a newsletter every month, and so in that newsletter, we include different activities, so maybe plays or movies or concerts that are going on just as an option for them to go out and do them, just kind of trying to connect them back into the community because so many of them, as they've gotten older, have kind of become more isolated. So that's kind of the goal with Better Together is to get our the seniors in our community socializing and then also just connecting them back in with our community why is it so hard for uh folks as they get older to stay socialized because i think that is a huge problem there's a lot of different reasons that isolation can occur a lot of it is maybe they're moving to a different community to be living in a retirement community from their own home or they've lost a spouse or they have their family move away different social groups, all of those things. There's just a lot that can contribute to that. There's also like the decline in physical ability, their mental health, all of those things, which we've seen mental health has a huge connection to isolation. And when people become isolated, they um, their mental health kind of starts to go downhill and their physical health starts to go down to, downhill too. So when we can keep them socializing, then we know that's better for their general health. Yeah, and active. Yeah. I, just the moving yeah. around part of it, I think, is so important. Yeah. Because if you do get stuck in your apartment or your house, you just you're, you start to atrophy, and mm-hmm. it's and it's hard when you're uh, a senior to keep moving. Yes. Uh, and so that's got to be part of it as well. Tell me about the so. Who's the mentee? Who's the mentor here? How, how's that relationship So the work? seniors, we usually call them neighbors in our program. And then the volunteers, we just refer to them as volunteers. It very much goes kind of both ways. The neighbors, they're really teaching a lot and have a lot to give to the volunteer in just their experiences and their knowledge. And then the same with volunteers. They know a lot more of what's going on in the community right now, and they have more connections maybe to the community at this point. So they're kind of 
mentoring, I guess, the neighbors in that aspect. Yeah. So the volunteers, uh, ideally, what are you talking about here in terms of who these people are? What is their age? What are they, you know, that kind of thing? Yep. Um, volunteers can be anyone 18 or older. We do do background checks on them. But as long as you pass those and you're at least 18, then we can match you with a neighbor. And uh, typically, uh, what ages are your volunteers that you have right now? Um, I would say the majority of our volunteers, like our biggest age group, is probably in that 30 to 40, 45 range in that. Yeah. And how many uh, volunteers do you have right now? How many relationships have you built? We have 37 matches in Sioux Falls. Um, in 2017, we just expanded to Brookings, so we have a few matches there going too. So in Sioux Falls, we have 37 matches. We have about... 10 neighbors who are waiting on a wait list for volunteers. Mm. So we are really trying to get some new volunteers and we're always accepting new neighbors too. How, how, how big do you think you can get? I don't know. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> maybe you can speak to that a little yeah. better. Yeah. 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 Michelle, do you have any idea like wh- the need? That, sure. I, that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Um, well, you know, society's aging, community's aging. So this population group is definitely one that's going to get bigger in the next few years. Um, our goal is to have up to 100 matches in the mm. next couple of years. Um, one thing it, that's great about this program is as a volunteer, you can do it as a family, a couple. Oh, sure. We have coworkers who do it together. So it's not just a one-on-one thing. And that's been a great option for families and for people who just want something to do together that's unique. Well, and I, I imagine that's often good for the neighbor as well, mm-hmm. because if you're a family and they are away from their families for whatever reason, you develop that family connection with degeneration. Yeah. And that's probably something that's very satisfying. Definitely. Yeah. We have a lot of neighbors who will say that their volunteers have become like their own family. And the nice thing with Better Together, too, is that it's very flexible. We ask for four hours a month, but you can do that once a week, like one hour a week. Mm-hmm. You could do it twice a month, whatever works for the neighbor and the volunteer. We really let them just decide on their own, on a case-by-case basis, what how they want to spend those hours and when they want to do them. That's pretty amazing. So you're, you're still just starting out, though, right? Um, yep. Uh, but these are relationships that do not like, well, we're going to do this for a year. It's, it's basically as long as you want to do it, right? Yep. Yeah, we ask for a commitment of a year at least, so that way we there's time for that relationship to build, but we have several matches who have been meeting for going on four years now. So they really have developed very strong relationships, which is really awesome to see, especially for me kind of coming in after the program's been started and taking over now that it's just been really amazing to see how good those relationships really are. So you've got 10 people right now, neighbors, who need a volunteer. Yes. If I want to do it, How do I do it? You go onto our website, lssd.org, and you will go under the adult services, and you'll find Better Together, and then there you can apply to be a volunteer, and then I will contact you. That's pretty awesome. Is there a phone number I can use if I just want to give you a ring and say, hey, hook me up? Yep, you can call. My direct number is 444-7805. 444-7805, and I'm going to try and get that info, all of that from uh, Amy here, and I will post that on our Twitter feed, at P. Lally Show, so you can get it there. 
Um, ladies, uh, thank you very much for coming in today. I appreciate it. Uh, Amy Federal, she is the Better Together Coordinator for Lutheran Social Services, and Michelle Madsen, who is the Director of Mentoring. Great work, ladies. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you. you. Coming up, we're going to finish up the show and uh, fill you in on my latest efforts to raise money for the Symphony Foundation. South Dakota Symphony Education Programs, you can still give me money. It's true. Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 455 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Of course, that's Radio Clash, which means... We've come to the end of the program today, but first, got a couple of things I want to tell you guys about. Keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of the Patrick Lally Show. I want to tell you first, though, that uh, this weekend is the Sportsman Show. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, that's a big, big deal, of course, out there at the Arena and Convention Center. Uh, and you can see boat. It's a it's a like a boat show, camping, outdoor equipment, travel, family fun. Five to nine Thursday, twelve to nine Friday, ten to nine Saturday, ten to five Sunday. You got special guest appearances from Ted Takasaki, who's a fisherman, uh, Todd Amonrud, uh, Corey Springle, and of course you can check out the Forever Wild Love Wolf Show. That sounds fun, doesn't it? The Wildlife Wild Live Wolf Show Forever. That's awesome. That's this weekend. It's a big deal. Um, I also want to remind you that you can still donate to my effort to raise money for the South Dakota Symphony Orchestra's education programs. I'm in the South Dakota Business Leaders Have Talent Shindig on Thursday night. You're gonna to wanna to, if you want to come out and see it, you should. It's gonna be pretty awesome. Tuba and tuba stories. I'm only one of about eight or nine folks who are displaying their talents. I'm sure they'll all be better than me. Let's just say that because I am not really a business leader and I, I have only nominal talent. So somehow they wrangled me into this deal. But you can still donate. You can send me an email, Patrick at KSOL, and I'll take care of you there. You can sit at my table. You can sit at my table. You want to sit at my table? Send me an email, Patrick at KSOL.com. And we'll talk. We'll talk about politics. We'll talk about city stuff. We'll talk about music, literature, uh, uh, sports, whatever you want. Are you a state fan and you want to mock me for hours? That's fine as long as you pay. But we'll talk. We'll, we can negotiate that. You can go get the link and just donate to my cause. Uh, if you go to at P. Lally Show, you can find that link to the page that allows you to make a, a small donation in my name. And I would appreciate that. Of course, special thanks to Results Radio, who's uh, taking care of me a little bit on this deal. Made a donation in my name, and I really appreciate that. It all goes to education programs for kids with the Youth Symphony and the South Dakota Youth Symphony Orchestra, which is awesome. All of that is just awesome. But it's Thursday night down at the Shrine, down on Phillips Avenue. I think, uh, I think social hours at like 6, and uh, the whole thing gets going about, uh, you know... Seven, something like that. It's going to be a great time. You're going to want to be there. I think you can also find it if you just Google South Dakota business leaders have talent. I'm begging you people. I need all the help I can get. You know what I'm saying? You got to help me out. You got to take care of me. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Coming up on the show tomorrow, 
Blogger Pat Powers of the South Dakota War College will be with us. We'll get his perspective on the legislature and politics. City Councilor Greg Neitzer will be here. He's uh, involved in the whole noise ordinance thing. And also herpetology. That'll be good. And Scott Hudson will be in for Weird Fronts. Thanks for being here today, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.